All right, welcome everybody to our latest Between the Races podcast on the MX Vice Network. Thank you everyone for listening and supporting the site. We really appreciate it. We'd first like to thank our sponsors in Fly Racing, Monster Energy, Fox Racing, Path, Europe, Scott, Bell Helmets, Acherbys, OSV Performance, Kawasaki UK, KTM UK, and of course, even Strokes for all their incredible support. As without them, none of this would be possible. All right, for this episode, we have another Aussie motocross focus show as I'm joined by special guest and privateer hero in Elijah Weesey. How's life? And thanks for joining us, mate. No worries, mate. Thanks for having me on. I'm uh, I'm just busy at the moment. I stayed up to about 11 o'clock last night getting bikes prepped, gear packed, because my bike's uh, getting loaded and heading off to Queensland this week. And I'm continue working and then flying up the end of the weekend. So we're flat out down here, mate. Oh, it's an impressive schedule you're running, mate. So just tell us all about it. Obviously, you run your own business and you're racing as a privateer where you can, doing a yep. few different events here and there. So you're definitely locked in for the final two, though, mate. Yeah, mate. Yeah, it was a bit of a last-minute thing, as everything is with the privateer <laughs> program, I reckon. But a bit of a last-minute thing. I'm sort of pretty keen to get up to Coolum, obviously being the last last one at Coolum. Um, I was pretty keen to do that, as I haven't done it since 2013. So, um, yeah, we, we ended up going out and, and buying it. 252 stroke last minute um getting everything organized i've ridden it twice and uh and yeah we're going to shoot up for the last two and and just have some fun you know like i'm not obviously i haven't done the rest of the championship and um and stuff so points doesn't really matter i'm just going up there for a good time and enjoy some sunny weather and and just to get to see everyone and and column's obviously going to be a big one and a, a big show so yeah it's gonna be fun yeah, mate. How's the laps been spinning on that thing? Has the weather been good? You'll be able to get out there in SA because it's been a bit rough, hasn't it? Yeah, it's, it's always during winter's pretty rough down here. Like, um, we do have some good riding, but um, a lot of public tracks aren't open heaps. So it's a little hard unless you know some private tracks, which luckily I do. But um, no, we've had, I've, had, I've ridden the two stroke three times. Two of those times have been at races. So it's just, you know, it's been straight into it. And uh, I'll tell you what, mate, those two strokes, they give you some serious arm pumps. So I'm struggling <laughs> with that at the moment. But we got a uh, we got a moto win on the weekend at a local state title. So that was good to get out front and, uh, yeah, feel it out a little bit. Uh, no, two strokes, good. It's, it's sort of like it's new and fresh and exciting. So it's just kind of making everything like that much more fun. You know what I mean? Yeah, oh, mate, the fans love all that kind of stuff. And you can have a bit of banter with like Hamish Harwood who grabbed a two-stroke <laughs> at the Washougal. I spoke to him a couple of weeks ago and it's pretty cool seeing guys do that stuff because people people love it, don't they? The social media, they love reading yeah. about it, talking about it, watching it. So yeah. you've probably got some pretty cool feedback coming your way and you probably already have. Yeah, and that's it too. Like I'm not in a, like I said, I'm not in a position to go get awesome results, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm just there to have a good time. And, you know, with the two-stroke, it's, it's just added awesomeness i think <laughs> like you know i got a fresh uh fmf system on it the thing sounds amazing um so i think it's going to be i think it's going to be sick and and wait until you see it my bike's going to look sick so the boys at uh, sk designs have, have made this thing look epic so i'm excited to show everyone that too no oh, mate build it up for sure we love all the hype <laughs> this kind of thing and before we get back to the race and just tell us about your business you run and how hard is it balancing the two racing and working <laughs> Yeah, it's a it's a task, that's for sure. Um, so yeah, I got uh, got my own business, um, Studio Sign. So we're a signage business. We, you know, do anything. We wrap cars, um, install banners, signs, shop fit outs, all that sort of stuff, signage wise. And um, so I've run that for so for five, roughly five years, and worked at the same company for a few years before that. And so I bought it out myself. Um, yeah, look, it's it's an effort. Um, it never seems to get any easier, that's for sure. Um, but uh, as I get a little older and a little, I guess, 
well, not mature, but somewhat more mature. Um, you just learn to sort of, you know, schedule things in and learn to just kind of enjoy the process of making it work. You know, as, as a young, as a young kid, you sort of, you, you dread those things and you dread the stress and trying to get everything organized. But now it's like, it's like a challenge and it's fun and exciting, but look, it's still, yeah, it's still stressful and, and, and hard on the bank account. That's for sure. But we make it happen. And like this week, obviously, I'm, I'm working all week and then flying out Friday and um, possibly even flying back after QMP to work for the week and then flying back to Coolum. So there's a bit on the go, but um, I think it's just so it's so normal for me now that you kind of, you know, I'm just used to it. And um, it is obviously stressful, like I said, but, you know, wouldn't have it any other way, mate. I love it. Yeah, mate, fueled by passion and just the dedication <laughs> to do what you do, mate. Massive respect and the fans really resonate and definitely relate more to privateers because, you know, a lot of the time you're pretty much on a stock bike that, you know, anyone yeah. can buy. There's not all these extra, extra resources and, you know, people to talk to, to technicians at hand. So it's definitely cool, yeah. mate. You definitely would have felt the response from the people being a privateer because you guys are the lifeblood of the sport, aren't you? Yeah, and and honestly, Supercross last year was massive um, for me in, in that aspect. Um, you know, I... <laughs> I had a few incidents throughout the season that were obviously not great for me, but great for like my following. You know, we had a few decent crashes that got caught on camera and um, and stuff like that, and and then had a you know a few videos that sort of ended up going pretty good with a you know a couple hundred thousand views, and um, so Supercross was awesome for for the exposure and 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 just playing up to it a little bit too. You know, like like I, I know um, I'm not there to like to win a championship that's not you know that's not my goal that's not really where I'm at so I'm just there to have a good time and just kind of you know I guess resonate with the average you know everyday rider a little more and and just show everyone that you know it is a good time I think we lose we lose a lot of numbers at racing and and stuff like that because I think the fun of it gets lost quite easily um whereas you know I'm you know and and there's so many privateers that are the same they just we just do it because we love it. And it is it is a good time, you know, amongst all the, the stress of getting there and, and trying to, you know, train and ride and work and all that. Amongst all that, it's it's just it's just a good time, you know. So, yeah, Supercross was awesome last year and we got some good exposure from that. And, you know, ended up meeting um, Trent from Moto Limited last Supercross season, which was, you know, obviously turned out really good. And now, you know, now I, I, I am a co-host on his show and he's been awesome. And so it's kind of just from, from Supercross last year, it's kind of really snowballed a bit and um yeah dude i'm i'm enjoying my riding now more than i ever have so yeah it's it's going good i'm loving it yeah mate you would have got a bit of extra traction when you're on the uh you know national broadcast with your retro outfit on at Toowoomba <laughs> that was pretty awesome and yeah tell yeah. us a bit about that and also about how the you know the deal with Trent I guess came along I spoke to him about a month <clears> or so ago and he's a great bloke doing a lot of great things for the sport in Australia as well mate so just talk us about that story because it's a pretty funny one isn't it yeah yeah so so moto limited came about so like i said last supercross season we kind of um dm'd a little bit on instagram just throughout the first few rounds and i had never met him um and then newcastle round last year um i actually got to meet him in the morning we sort of chatted for probably a good half an hour 35 minutes you know just about everything privateer everything moto um and then yeah it just so happened that i went out in the first practice and and Guy Streeter from MX Store caught me OJ and this triple in a rhythm, just like ridiculous and making an absolute fool of myself and got it on camera. And, and then I ended up posting it up and tagging Trent and saying, look, us privateers would do anything for some, for some coverage, you know? And then it sort of just went from there. And, um, and then, yeah. And then this year for the motocross, I've been 
um, jumping on the Moto Limited um, MX Pro MX Rewind shows and and having a chat. Like it's um, it's cool. He's he's done he's done a really good job, and and he's he just wants to help. You know, he just wants everyone or all the privateers or just everyone in the sport just to to get help because he was in you know our position too as well, and he knows what it's like and. Um, so he's been awesome. And then, um, yes. And, and even <clears throat> speaking of retro round, he, I wasn't even going to go, you know, cause I was, I was obviously in Toowoomba wasn't racing. And then he was like, nah, you're coming up, you're going to get up here. Um, and he even, you know, he got me up there, had, had a place for me to stay. So I was like, well, we're going to retro round. We got a goal out. Um, I managed to get some, some insane old, like replica peak Jersey that I had on um from a guy who makes them here um and so i got onto that and that was sick and i just i mean i, I love making a fool of myself and you know just have, just having some fun and uh and that's what it was it was a bit of fun and got some live tv coverage. i've got more tv coverage out of not racing than than i do when i race so you know you gotta you gotta know how to play the game a little bit i guess Ah, well said, mate. And aside from the moments in Supercross, you actually got ninth in the Aussie Champs, which is you sort of nothing to sneeze at, really. There's heaps of cool guys out there, heaps of great riders, even Brayton coming out and a few other yeah. dudes, obviously Anstey in the 250 class winning it. It was a pretty cool series, mate. And obviously that must have brought you some bit of exposure. And I heard you mention you plan to go over the States one day. Is that still on the cards, mate? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's obviously as a, as a kid from, from Australia growing up racing, that's always the goal is to get to America and race. And and that was as a kid and it still is, you know, like I'd love to just go over there just, just for the experience now, like not as a kid, you're like, I want to go there and be, you know, be world champ and blah, blah, blah. But you know, now it's like, I just want to go there and, and experience it. I want to get there and just race a few, a few super crosses and not for any results based, you know, thing. It's just to go and experience what it's like there. And I've been to America a couple of times, never got to ride. Um, but um, yeah, that's still on the list still before I, before I hang the boots up, when I when I get a bit older, that's on the list to do, and um, we're trying to make it happen pretty soon because um, I believe next year is the eighty second Anaheim, so my number's eighty two, so eighty second Anaheim, so so that'd be pretty cool. But um, we're just trying to trying to get some money together for that, and uh, we'll see how we go. But yeah, it's it's definitely on the list, and I've got some good contacts over there now, and a few mates that are living there, and and stuff so now is probably the best time for me to go do it um and and yeah supercross last year for me was good too so that kind of helped a little bit and gave me a bit of confidence and i've always loved supercross i've always enjoyed supercross more than a motor than, than the motocross so um yeah last year was pretty good and hoping for for more of the same sort of this year here in australia so you're kind of like you've said in the past you're basically kind of like a supercross only guy and so it'd be pretty <laughs> awesome mate pretty perfect another aussie on the line's always good too with the lawrence brothers just smashing it so yeah just yeah. your advice to any you know youngsters trying to get into motocross or maybe focusing on supercross one of the key obstacles obviously finding tracks to ride is pretty difficult yeah. so how did you sort of find your way into you know loving supercross as a discipline more than motocross i guess yeah, I just loved <clears throat> hitting jumps as a kid, honestly, like even 50s, 65s, like we would always just like, I grew up on a farm in country SA. So we would always just have, you know, random dams or hills and, and stuff that we were just trying to jump, you know, anything we could find, we were just jumping. So I think that's where I probably enjoyed Supergrass more was just <clears throat> from doing jumps as a kid. And I think even now for, for young kids getting into riding now, it's just getting like, jumping early you know like even 50 65 just getting the feeling of doing jumps it doesn't have to be massive jumps but um yeah it's the it's the bike control and, and all that stuff that helps when you get later in the years to race supercross so 
Um, there was pretty rarely a time that I would go riding on my 65 and not come back with <laughs> bent bars and, 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 you know, bent subframes because I tried to jump something as a kid and, and dad would just shake his head. But, um, yeah, that's where it all started. And then, um, <clears throat> obviously, here you can't – well, we couldn't really race Supercross until we were a bit older. So, um, I honestly didn't ride a proper Supercross track until I was 16, until I was seniors, until I was pro. So, we just kind of – yeah, just learnt on the go, really. My first season of Supercross, I had ridden a Supercross track maybe two times and then we went racing. And um, But, yeah, for the kids these days, there's a little more access to, to tracks these days, which is cool. And even, like, you know, even myself, like, I'm a, I'm a coach now, which is cool. So, um, you know, I can coach some kids on Supercross and, and do all that sort of stuff. So, um, but, yeah, getting into it early is the main thing. You know, like, you see kids in America and the States, they're on – 50s and 65s on the Supercross track now, and they're the kids that in years' time are going to be the, you know, Lawrence's and the, you know, the danger boys and that of the sport. So trying to get into it as early as possible. Um, also for the parents, if, you, if you've got land, build them a Supercross track. I've actually got a, a young kid here in SA that I coach who is a ripper, like he's, you know, state champ and he wins everything over here and, and they've just had a motocross track and he's only, he's only 12. He's just turned 12. And I said to his dad, said, you've got to build him, a, build him a supercross track. His dad keeps sending me Snapchat updates that he's building him one right now. So yeah, so that's, that's the go, but um, yeah, supercross only for me and then just pick, <laughs> pick whatever other fun events I want to do really. We'll lose program. <laughs> yeah, mate, that's it. It's, you know, you got to do what you got to do to, you know, make a living and, you know, follow your passion too. It's pretty tough. And yeah, also just looking back at your career as a whole, when did you sort of realize you could become a professional? Was there like a moment where you had a particularly excellent result and you're like, yeah, this is time for me to sort of make something out of it, I guess? Yeah, I, I don't know. Like as a kid, that was always the goal was to make it full time and, and stuff. And I, I raced uh, when I when I turned 16, obviously here in Australia, you turn 16, you go pro um back then it was the under 19s class now i believe it's the mx3 class so um i raced for a few years in that and and sort of like did okay like we had some <clears throat> top 12s top 15s you know close to that top 10 mark and then supercross i had two seasons of you know top 10 and ninth and eighth and after that i was kind of like pretty just set on supercross after that really because i could see the difference from my motocross results to then supercross results and i was like oh okay maybe we'll just sort of stick with this and and then I didn't really do a lot of uh, motocross, like pro motocross after that, really. I kind of just sort of held back and then waited till Supercross. So, um, yeah, it's kind of been scattered. Like, I've been, there's been moments where I've been, like, not not really racing at all because due, due to work and other things. And then as of, like, my sort of the last few years, is it's I've been in a position to actually be able to go do these things more. So, you know, like, it, it's kind of now is the most like now is the best time for me to try and actually you know not make something of it because i know like i'm not probably gonna be my full-time job but to actually go do it give it a good crack now because i'm in the best position as in you know work wise um riding wise and, and stuff like that so um yeah i feel like the older i get the, the better i get and the more i want to do it which which you know that's probably upsets my parents a little bit because they probably just think I should give up and, <laughs> and had enough. So, But, um, yeah, the older I get, the, the more I want to do it. So I don't know when that's going to stop, but we're just going to keep chasing it until it does. 
Yeah, mate, it's pretty cool. Obviously, you're still doing what you're doing, and yeah, obviously, in a sport like motocross, to be competitive like you are, like the training's pretty brutal. You've got to be prepared to suffer, I guess, and you've got to be quite selfish as well. That's something you know probably people don't realize as well because you really got to be all in when you want to be a pro in this sport because you know you look behind your shoulder and there's the next one's coming through, isn't it, mate? Yeah. So it's pretty hard yeah. to find longevity, so you've really got to you know knuckle down. So how is the balance between doing all you do and the actual training part of it, which is where a lot of those key things are, you know, developed? Yeah, yeah, it's it's it is a it is a grind. Um, luckily, uh, this year honestly is uh, this year's been the most training and the most somewhat prepared I've been um, ever. You know, and and that's probably just due to me being lazy in my younger years and just getting away with having a bit of skill on a bike. But now it's it's uh, yeah. Now this year I've actually been training a lot. We just sort of. Um, we go to the gym in the mornings, uh, most mornings, and then obviously work during the day and try and ride maybe once or twice a week. So it's a little bit of a struggle, but luckily I've, I've got a good trainer, Michael, my trainer. Um, he's really He's been really good, really flexible with, you know, my hours because, you know, one day I could be at work at six or seven and then the next day I might be able to fit gym in. So he's been really flexible with that. And um, I think that's helped a lot too is, is having – a trainer that understands I'm, I'm, you know, last minute I could just have to go work or, or stuff like that, you know? And so, so that's been really good. And, um, but we make it work. I, like I said earlier, it's, I think now I enjoy that side of it a heap more than I did when I was younger, just because, you know, I'm a bit older, a bit mature, more mature. And I, I enjoy making that all work and, and the, the challenge of fitting it all in and, and, and getting better results, you know, and seeing the results from all that side of things is, is even more, I guess it's even more gratifying now when you know what has gone into it all, you know, you, you, you know, you, you've been working all week and still trying to train. And so when you do get those good results, I think it makes it feel that much better and, and sweeter. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a grind, but it's, it's, it's a fun grind. It must be kind of give you a little bit of an edge, I guess, when you're sort of against all odds. Everything's kind of a bit more underprepared than all these factory guys. And you sort of go out there. I guess you have that little chip on your shoulder too sometimes, mate, to say, I want to beat some of you guys too, yeah? <laughs> yeah, oh, 100%. That's, it's like it's like the you know the factory riders are just like the carrot there dangling, you know. They, and in Supercross there, it's, you know, it's not everything. It's obviously a little closer and, and it's more achievable and, and a, and a few times this year, looking at lap times, like we were pretty pretty close, you know. So um, yeah, it it is it is exciting to get to race with those dudes and and line up even with some of the guys that came over from the states, just to even line up with them. Um, a few times I lined up on the inside of Brayton, you know, and and that was, you know, it, you know when he's not really that much older than me, but you know, as a kid watching him race AMA and still to see what he's doing, just even lining up next to him, you know, I was a little sort of kind of little fan going out and, and just like, you know, but then obviously 32nd board goes up and it's like, all right, let's try and get a start on him, you know, and then, and then go from there. And it's just those cool little things and those little moments. And, um, you know, I ended up, I think at Melbourne uh, Marvel first round last year, we, we came around the second corner in the heat and I was third and bumped into like um, Brayton's tyre or, or I think it was Wilson's tyre, you know, like I actually nudged his tyre and even that, even that I was like, oh, oh, holy moly, like I'm here, you know, hitting rear tyre with, with Dean Wilson and Justin Brayton. So just little things like that's cool. And um, yeah, just like I just take it all in, man. It's like it's just such a such a cool sport, such, you know, good fun and, and that sort of stuff. Yeah, it's really what gets me going. 
Yeah, all the hard work and sort of sacrifice comes to fruition there, mate. You can never, no one can ever take that away from you racing against those heavy hitters because, you know, not, not hardly anyone gets to experience that. So you've done it, mate. So definitely yeah. cool. And just tell us a little bit about your social media, mate. You're pretty active on it. How important, I guess, is it for you with fan engagement? And I guess without the fans, just like the privateers, there's this sport's kind of nothing. So you got some more plans lined up for some vlogs, more videos, this kind yep. of stuff, mate. And obviously, because your personality and character kind of lends itself to it, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's funny. Like as a as a kid growing up, I was honestly one of the shyest kids like you'd ever meet. Like I, I don't think I spoke for the first three years of my life. <laughs> like even ask my parents, like I was just I was just a mute. It's funny. So um, obviously with a bit of a bit of old age, and you know I've actually come out of my shell a little bit. So, but the social media is fun. I, I actually really enjoy it. You know, it, it can be <clears throat> it can be a bit draining sometimes being on there all the time but i enjoy it i i I enjoy keeping in contact with everyone and you know just keeping an eye on what what's going on and i've got a couple really good mates that are you know really good filmers back here and um brennan jackson elliot grafton you know those two guys do it for a full-time job you know so so i got some really cool content as well as my mate um reese mccardle who who just actually films for me on the weekend so we got a we got a two-stroke edit coming out from the race this weekend so so that'll be cool. Um, but um, yeah, I'll be vlogging my whole Queensland trip and um, just trying to do that side of things. And and I enjoy just like just being myself on 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 Instagram. There was a period there where I was like, I you know, trying to put out all these you know just perfect photos and perfect videos. And now it's just like I I kind of see that just being yourself and being a character or not a character, but being someone that everyone can relate to actually does better on on Instagram and socials, you know than rather than trying to put out this fake, you know, everything's perfect vibe, yeah. you know, you got people have got to see that not everything's perfect and you do make a dick of yourself sometimes and you know, like the whole retro round thing and <laughs> I got I got mixed I got mixed reviews on that but like, you know, at least their reviews, <laughs> you know, like it was um it was funny and um and and I, yeah, I enjoy the social media side and obviously for the sponsors as well, for the people that do help me out, like that's a big um, a big thing for them as well because um, I, I you know I believe I can can represent brands pretty well and and, uh, and I do do have you know quite a good following and it, and it helps in that aspect and 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 everyone that does help me out you know it's it's cool to give back you know as much as I can on that side of things and and um, and yeah and I think everyone can see that I just have a good time on, on my socials and you know I like to, to troll around a little bit and just cause not cause trouble but just you know just, just be in amongst it all and, and just uh, stir in the pot sometimes. It's always good fun. Oh, mate, it's a good example, you know, the, the one you make because, you know, a lot of obviously the more factory guys, <laughs> they have a lot of a sort of a barrier up to yeah. what they can and what they can't do. Whereas, you know, you yeah. see some of the privateer guys like yourself and others doing blogs and even Dino, you know, they're just a brand's absolute dream because of the stuff they offer, the videos that yeah. you you can't sort of force that upon someone that you kind of <laughs> either have it or you don't. So it's yeah. definitely an yeah. asset in a lot of ways too, isn't it? Yeah, and that's that's what I tell a lot of the you know the t- older teenage guys that we coach. You know, it's like you're either there's like kind of two two sides of it. You're either a factory rider who has to post certain things and has to sort of be under this factory rider banner, or you're a privateer who's trying to get there or trying to get the support. So why be like the factory riders when you're a privateer rider? You know, be something different. Be yourself. Post out interesting cool content because that's what's going to get you the support not not trying to be like these guys that have all these 
I wouldn't say rules, but, you know, have all these certain things they got to post. Don't be like that. If you're not like that, do something different. I know it's hard these days because it feels like everything's been done. You know, there's all types of styles that have been done, but um, just, you know, the amount of, <laughs> the amount of laughs and, and chats that we have in the privateer island, you know, like with all the guys, like if someone could just literally film that, you know, like that would, that would be huge because just, it's just, it's hilarious. It's such a good time. And, but then you put a camera in some of their faces and, and they freeze up, you know, or they, they, they don't, they go back into, Oh, like great day. Thank this, thank that, blah, blah, blah. You know, they don't, they don't show what we were just acting like five minutes ago, yeah. you know? So, and I think that's, something that a lot of guys need to do better and you see it in the states you know with you know Carnow and morans and and people like that they're all just being themselves and and look how it's turned out for them you know they're basically factory riders without being factory riders because they're getting a lot of support you know and and to be honest that sounds like a program i'd rather be on yeah. than, than being a factory rider sometimes um but uh yeah so just in things like that and um there is so many good kids and so many good riders out there that have really cool personalities that just don't show it enough because I think that in the motocross industry that it's kind of made to feel like that it's not cool or that like yeah. that's like that's ridiculous or, or you know things like that but it's uh, I think that you know you look at NBA you look at NFL you look at all those American sports how many individual personalities there are and how cool that is you know like you get Russell Westbrook walking in to an NBA game wearing whatever he's wearing, you know, it's something wacky, it's something different, but that draws attention to him, you know? And, and yes, a lot of people may not, may not like it, but a lot of people will like it and then they're going to follow him because they do like it, you know? So I'm not saying we have to go to those extents and walking into to races wearing oh, shopping bags, I don't know, <laughs> but, you know, like, you know, just something along those lines. It's it just, it, I think that side of it should be more put out there for people to see, I believe. Yeah, it certainly helps gain new fans as well because then you get blokes, you know, I guess, following certain riders more so than sport, which is obviously what some guys in America and, and Europe yeah. to a lesser extent have done. And do you sort of watch other vlogs, I guess, like Tommy Searles, for example, he's always taking the piss, having a laugh, like those yeah. kind of things, like people just love them now. And it gives you opportunity after racing to still keep doing that stuff because you got the personality. Yeah. It's a foundation for it, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I watch heaps of YouTube. Obviously, like, I've been pretty slack on my YouTube this year. Just things been busy and it's been hard to sort of film myself. Um, but, um, yeah, I watch heaps of YouTube. Tommy's is funny. Dino's, obviously. Moran's. Carnell's got a few out. Um, obviously, the Deegan's. I enjoy that. And um, there's a heap of other guys, like mountain bike riders that I watch, like um, Sam Pilgrim and Matt Jones and, and guys like that that are just, yeah, like you said, they're just good personalities. Even if they weren't riding or doing things that I enjoy watching they're just funny you know like they're funny dudes and they have a laugh and um that's obviously where the views come from is keeping people engaged and stuff like that so um yeah yeah I, I watch it all and I think for Supercross we're going to try and put a little bit more effort into the, the vlogs or the YouTube um I've got a mate who's who's going to hopefully come along to to most of the rounds and film and um and capture that so that'll be cool and um, yeah, going to try and push that a little more, I reckon, for the end of the season. Yeah, there's been a lot of talk about that Aussie Supercross schedule, you know, at the end of this year. What's your take on it, mate? The stadium, <clears> the <throat> amount of races, obviously you'd want to be doing more, but yeah, just yeah, tell us your take on it. Yeah, I thought I kind of thought after last year, like having four last year, like I thought we were sort of going to progress and maybe have five or six and it was sort of the early, early talks that we heard. But um, yeah, it's a bit of a bummer. There's only three. 
Um, but I'm I'm kind of pretty cruisy. Like at least we got some somewhat of a series. Like I'm just you know I'm I don't really like to just bag on promoters and stuff like that all the time. I get it's hard, and and in these times, travel and, and getting people to the races. But it would have been cool to see at least four again, or if not five. I think the venues are cool. Um, like Newcastle was cool last year. Melbourne obviously is awesome being in Marvel. Um, but yeah, Adelaide Entertainment Centre is going to be interesting. I don't know if you know much about the Adelaide Entertainment Centre. I've actually got a jumper on this, right now that's Supercross yeah. Masters from 25 years ago. So in the Entertainment Centre, it's going to be... Very, very small, small, yeah? Yeah, it's very small. So like, it'll be... Yeah, they play basketball games. Like they build basketball court in there and have a basketball game in there. So like... It's gonna be it's gonna be very very tight, which which is gonna be cool for fans, but I think there's only gonna be like ten gates, which kind of sucks for for yeah. for guys like me that are maybe just on that top ten, just out of that top ten, because we're gonna miss, you know, racing a a a main or you know in front of especially my hometown, yeah. like you know you know not saying that I will, you know I might sneak it in, but you know it's just ten gates is it's gonna be pretty gnarly, so that that's a bit of a bummer that there's only only going to be small, small gates, but I think the event itself will be cool. Um, but yeah, look, it's either way, it's going to, it's going to be fun. And, um, we're sort of going to start riding Supercross here shortly. So I'm, I'm keen to get into it. And, um, yeah, I, they do a good job with, with the events. Like last year, bar the last round, um, yeah. everything was, everything was sick last year, you know, good crowds, good sort of venues, um, and good vibes. So I think, yeah, I think this year will be good. Yeah, the last round certainly, yeah, had a lot of attention on the series and probably a lot of negative lights, mate. But yeah, just yeah. I wanted to get your thoughts on the actual state of the sport in Australia because it's there's definitely some growth going on. There's obviously room yeah. for improvement. Pretty much every rider I speak to really doesn't like these massive gaps in the schedule, which are in the midst of a seven-weeker at the moment. It's just hard to get continuity for the riders, yeah. for the fans, and especially when their sort of local series dry up they're just not getting those gate drops they want and then obviously you might see someone like Beaton go and do Washougal or something like mm-hmm. this maybe you, you heard mentionings of Webster wanting to do one or might yeah. have been an option to do Indonesian MXGP but yeah just any sort of solutions to that mate because yeah it just ruins a bit of the push it gets doesn't it mate it's just a tough one and then yeah. obviously there's a gap between the Supercross as well so yeah your thoughts yeah. on that any obviously it's a logistical nightmare to organize all this stuff yeah. but it'd just be good to see it a bit more condensed wouldn't it yeah, I remember like when I when I was sort of you know teenager like doing the nationals. It was sort of you know pretty standard every two weekends or every two weeks. It was pretty much you know you'd have two week break race, two week break race, and um, I'm not I I don't know enough you know behind the scenes of you know the promoters that I don't know why that, that this is their decision. Um, but I believe that the gaps are just yeah a bit too a bit too long and. It kind of do like you said. You kind of lose interest a little bit um, for these for these races because you have such a gap, and everyone's kind of like just twiddling their thumbs, like what do we do? And there's not a lot of racing in between. So yeah, look, I, I think if if the season was to be sort of maybe start a bit later because I know we started early. We started really early this year, you know, and um, start a little later, have it every sort of two weekends or you know three weeks max, and. And just get through ten rounds. You could, you could bang, bang, bang. You could, you could get them done pretty quickly, and then, and then we could also have more Supercross rounds because you, you know, get done, and then you have less of a gap, and then you're into Supercross. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I think, I think the numbers have actually been pretty, pretty good this year at Pro MX, which is cool to see. Like we've actually had, you know, some, some nearly full grid four fifty races, and two fifties have been full, and, and, and same with MX three. So. 
So I believe that's good on that side of things. And it's, I hope it's on the up, but we, it seems to be the same thing every year. You know, we're, we're always saying, you know, numbers and this and that. And it seems to be just like this never ending circle. It's just been the same since I was, you know, younger. So I, I don't know if we're just at a point where it's, this is what it is and this is what it's going to be. Um, Cause it's hard to like, I don't envy MA and or whoever's mm. promoting the events at all. <laughs> Cause the, you know, the, the logistics of it all would be a nightmare, but you know, I feel like we have so much change from season to season as in like schedules and stuff that that probably makes it hard, you know, whereas you look in the States, they're the same, same schedule every single year. You know, you got your motocross, bang, 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 supercross done, motocross, you know, so they're just so used to that, that um, schedule. Whereas here where, you know, some, some weeks we have three weeks off. Sometimes we have seven weeks off, you know, so it's just no consistency with schedule. So I believe if we had like a, consistent schedule throughout the year i believe that would probably help too because you'd kind of know what to expect and know what to prep for um so yeah just i don't know it's it's hard one it's like i think that's like the never-ending saga that's probably gonna never end (laughs) you know it'll just keep it'll keep going but i i do believe the promex this year has been ran really well the tv coverage has been awesome that's cool um, so I think steps like th- that side of things has been progressed heaps in the last year or two. Um, so that that's growth, I guess, and, and getting more eyes on it. And, um, you know, I actually raced a national last year at Gilman and my old boy watched me on TV for the first time, you know, at a motocross event. So that that's cool. I, I think that's awesome. And hopefully that stays. Um, so I think now it's just the, the actual racing schedule side of things that should, you know, be updated a little bit and, go from there i guess yeah it's a good point you make because you know the aussie coverage here is there's a pay tv there's a free to air tv there's some stuff on youtube it's like up there with one of the more elite packages in the whole sport america mxgp it's actually really good very impressive so hopefully they keep that up mate and yeah just your thoughts on the tracks this year obviously it's been once again a weather dependent thing and obviously (laughs) there's been a lot of chat about the prep like i was speaking to ryan yesterday about the toowoomba prep he would have liked it a bit deeper so do you hear all these kind of things mate you've got any thoughts just for you know, minor improvements. Obviously, Appen was the sweltering hot mudder and, you know, with <laughs> yeah. you couldn't really do much about with the weather. But, yeah, there's probably a couple of little things that you could change to make it even better, isn't there? Oh, yeah, 100%. And I think that's the same thing too. You're never going to get it perfect every time. Um, but, you know, it's. I think it's a thing of uh, talking to riders a little more about track prep or taking in what riders have to say a little bit more um you know because just you know for instance on the weekend we had a state title here at murray bridge um which is a track that used to be on the national circuit um and and the club really listened to to us riders and and they did sort of what we sort of asked and the track was insane you know like so it's not it's really not rocket science it's just about listening to some riders and and getting the prep i think i think there's been a whole shift of um having to rip tracks stupidly deep, you know, over the last couple of years, which I don't believe is the way to go. I think, um, you know, I'm no track prep expert, but I, you know, I've been around for a while and I think, you know, clubs just need to get into early prep. I think the prep for these tracks needs to start a little earlier, you know, so you get that water in deep. You don't have to rip it so deep for it to, you know, to be wet, you get that water in deep and then you don't necessarily have to rip it so deep. Um, but, yeah, it's also dependent on the soil too. You know, a lot of the tracks we go to don't necessarily have the best soil. So it's hard to work with, 
not great at all. You know, for, like Appen, for instance, I know that dirt's not amazing. Yes, they probably went a little ham on 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 the over rip, but like it's not amazing dirt. So it's a little dependent on the on the track soil itself. But um, yeah, like I said, I think the biggest thing is just listen to the riders and, and trying to get in that early prep for the for the races. Obviously, they know that the nationals are coming up or they've got a round coming up. So, and I get that a lot of the clubs are volunteers and, and all that comes into it. I get that. But, you know, when you've got, you know, national TV on it and stuff like that, you obviously want it to look good and have good racing. So, um, yeah, you could probably sit here all day and tell, you know, tell them what to do and stuff, but, you know, constructive criticism is the best, I guess. And, um, but luckily I, I, Stupidly, the only national I raced other than Gilman was Wodonga. I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know why I did that. And that was a mutter. And I, there was probably nothing they could have done about that one. But um, yeah. yeah, I have seen all the other tracks. I've been to them all. And um, you know, even one faggy at the start of the year, I believe, was was probably over rich. You know, we walked it on the on the Saturday, and it looked really good. It wasn't you know, gnarly deep. And then they've gone through and sunk the rippers in and um and then you know everyone will see it just creates that one one line because everyone funnels into the one line and creates bad racing so um i i think a lot of guys are probably i don't know a lot of guys are maybe against the harder pack tracks because they are very fast um yeah. they they do create higher speeds but they do also create better racing yeah. so it's like it's what do you it's what do you want more do you want like you know do you want better racing for tv or do you want that slow boring racing that is maybe a little safer i don't know it's it's hard and and every rider will have a different view on it i guess um but you know you, you look at the states even america has gone away from that really really deep rip a lot in the last year or two and and their racing's been really good because everyone's really close and maybe when the track's a little hard packed it, it still is kind of one line, but yeah, everyone's really close, you know. So I don't know. Yeah, like I said, you can sit here and talk about it all day, but yeah. but yeah, it's it, yeah, same thing. I don't I don't want to be a track prep guy anytime soon. That's for sure. Yeah, it's an impossible sort of task to please everyone. But yeah, that definitely the, yeah. the rip deep and the speed or the high speed is an issue that people are trying to slow down. But yeah, I suppose. And then some of the riders we speak to, they're just like, just we don't mind going fast because if we crash, yeah. we, know, we know it's motocross. It's, it's going to happen yeah. if something yeah. goes wrong or if we don't pull off the throttle a bit. So it's definitely an interesting yeah. one that you could yeah, definitely have some pretty cool discussions about. But yeah, a lot yeah, of the guys well, don't like those just purely, you know, there's one fast rut or there's one fast yeah. line section and then yeah. that one's gone and then you go to the next one and everyone goes to the next one so you're like yeah. in america that sort of flatter stuff it's mm. definitely promoting some more competitive racing i guess you could say isn't it yeah definitely like i mean like you said it's motocross it's kind of it's fast so you know like the whole slowing these tracks down i don't think our tracks in australia are pretty slow anyway they're tight you know like yeah. they're you know they're not wide open really um so I, I'm the same. I enjoy going fast on a on a flatter style track. You know, give me a hard pack track over sand any day. So, um, yeah, like it's, yeah, it, it is what it is. And and like I said, I don't envy the track crew and, and stuff like that. But I think the last, I think obviously, what have we even had? Toowoomba, Toowoomba looked good to me because it was hard pack. Yeah, maybe a little bit deeper, but at least we got some good racing and, and it was all pretty close. Um, it'll be interesting to see what QMP's like this weekend. Um, I believe that was pretty gnarly last year. Um, and then obviously Coolum is Coolum. That's a sand track. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see how they go. But I think that'll be a big 
a big thing moving forwards for, for next year is, is tracks and, and yeah. how they are presented. Um, so I think next year, I think if we don't sort of start seeing, you know, prep good next year and the tracks really dialed next year, then we're going to have some issues. Yeah. You want to find that perfect blend of, you know, having the <clears> speed <throat> and also having sections where guys can make the difference over others and let their skills and techniques shine through. So especially when you've yeah. got a class like the <clears throat> MX one with, you know, it's stacked yeah. with one of the best classes in the last decade. You know, Ferris, yeah. Beaton, Webster, Tandy, Clout, <clears throat> Waters, Gibbs, Duffy, Metcalf, Evans. Like, it's stacked, isn't it, mate? So, it must be pretty yeah. cool whenever you get a chance to just race these guys, you know, themselves in Australia because there's just so yeah. many dudes, isn't there? Yeah, it, yeah, it is. It's it's crazy. Like, even just getting to talk to Beaton and stuff and, you don't, you know, you're just talking to him. Obviously, we're all just human, but, you know, just getting to chat to him through Moto Limited and stuff and then you, you think about it and you're like, holy dooly, like, he was – you know, over in MXGP, he's doing really well the last couple of years, and now he's back here, and, and we've we've got these guys back, and and then it's elevated everyone else, and like like you said, the the MX one class and even MX two is yeah. the competitiveness is 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 next level right now. Like it's it's a stacked class. Um, it's obviously top top ten heavy. Like after that, you know, it, it, it but that's pretty regular. That's pretty normal, but. It is awesome to see the how high the level is right now of those top ten guys, um, and, and it's it's honestly it, that keeps it exciting, that keeps it fun, and and um, and yeah, it's cool to see. And I think everyone, you know, you see like Jed go over to the states and, and running top tens is a good indicator for those guys that he's battling with here too. That that we're at a really good level, you know, we're world class with that with our top level riders. So. So that's always cool to see, you know. A lot of the time, you kind of don't get to gauge that much on sort of where we are compared to the states or MXGPs. But you know, when a guy like you know Bean goes over and runs top tens, and you kind of like get to see the level. And and I think, yeah, I think this year is the level's been yeah been super super high, and um and yeah, it's awesome. I'm, I'm yeah, I enjoy just going to watch. You know, even if I'm not racing, it's cool just to go watch because the guys are yeah, the guys are on it. Yeah, absolutely, mate. You'd imagine, you know, Crawford and even Wilson Todd, you know, he showed what he could do in last year in MX2 in the World Champs, like sort of a top five guy, really. And that yeah. age rule, I guess, has brought some of these guys back to the Aussie series. Yeah. But it'd be kind of cool to still see them battling on the world stage because you know, maybe if they even moved it from 23 to even 26 and just let those guys that, you know, are smaller or have <clears> some injuries have those couple more years just to really test themselves and get some traction in their careers. Because if you don't get an MXGP ride, it's you can't go to America because the Supercross skills usually yeah. are there for motocrosses. So it's a really tough one, isn't it, mate? Do you have any ideas or, you know, solutions or thoughts on the age rule? Because it's a tough one, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, like, that that is make that MXGP classy absolutely elite, which it is. It's yeah. just so good. The guys are so fast. Even, you know, 15th place guys, an absolute weapon, you know. So it's a tough one, yeah. isn't it, mate? Yeah. I, yeah. And 23s, <clears throat> that's young too. Like there's a lot of guys that haven't, you know, obviously don't even have 450 experience at 23. Um, it is very young. Like, you know, maybe there could be like a an exception to it, you know, like maybe the top – five or whatever maybe yeah. top three go up or, or something like that and and the rest can stay obviously championship and up um or two championships and up um yeah. something like that maybe because like like you said i feel like a lot of guys probably do <clears throat> get moved out of the lights class before they're ready or before they you know sort of establish themselves and then they kind of get lost a little bit in in the mxgp class and and stuff like that and um yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't, um, I've never experienced MXGPs in person and I don't really, you know, know too much about it. So 
But yeah, 23, maybe, yeah, like I said, there could be like an exception to it, you know, top five or whatever, go up. And it's like back in the junior days here, you know, you win it, you win your top three, up you go, you know, sort of thing yeah. like that. So um, I don't know, something maybe like that. And um, it's good for us because we get, you know, guys like Todd yeah. back and, and stuff like that. But um, yeah, but it is a bit of a bummer too because you, you do have guys like NATO and, and, and Wilson that could potentially still be racing in M- like in the MX2 class over there, but because of the age, they can't. So, yeah, it's a little bit of a, it's, it's a tricky one. Um, but I get, I, I see what they're doing. But um, a lot, a, a riding the light bike too, I've found is it actually, you know, if, unless you're riding full time, all the time, the 450 is dang hard to ride for a half an hour moto, you know. So that, that is a big reason probably why a lot of guys still ride for the, the MX2 class because it's, it's it you can ride in at 250 for 25 minutes pretty easily without the thing trying to rip your arms out so yeah yeah i don't know it's yeah but i don't mind the idea of having it as a performance-based sort of you know clause i guess you could say before you go up yes you know you literally it's not like it's a stepping stone you're going from racing which is like it's a really really elite junior class but that's kind of essentially what it is and then you're going from that to you know your top five top eight top 10 in mx2 then you're literally racing against hurling prado sewer cold that's a massive step isn't it mate so yeah sort of no in between is it yeah and you do kind of and let like there's there's the odd exception of the guy who will go straight into the mxg class and win there's you know there's a few that obviously have done that but you do see normally the guy that will go up early or go up because of age he'll take a few years for him then to actually start getting those results in MXGP class, the MXGP class, because like you said, you're jumping in with, with hurlings and those dudes, it's like far out. Like that's a big step. So it takes them a few years to get the, the feeling of, you know, going that fast on a 450 and stuff. But um, yeah, dude, those guys, are, they're, they're nuts. And those dudes send it too. Like the, I just, the, you watch the highlights and there's just yard sales and cartwheels and those dudes are just on the gas all the time. Like I'm not saying, that we aren't here, but like, yeah, they're just, they're just next level. And the tracks are absolutely brutal. Most of them too. Yeah. You know, they got four yeah. classes running on a weekend. That second MXGP moto is definitely a, a test of everything, isn't it, mate? And just yeah. talking a little bit about, you know, international motocross, I guess, motocross nations for Australians like us, mate, it's a very exciting yeah. proposition. I don't know if you're going to make the trip to Erne or anything like that, <laughs> but uh, be awesome. Obviously you got Lawrence brothers just absolutely tearing it up. There's yeah. so many options for Australia. The team, obviously Evans, he's a, probably the logical choice. Like last year did really well. The team did exceptionally. But if he's not yeah. where he wants to be or there's something he gets injured or anything like that, there's just so many options in Aussie motocross, isn't it? You know, you got Beat, yeah. Webster, Tanty, Clout, Ferris even. You know, you could run him mm-hmm. on a 250 or a 450, push Hunter up to the 450, and then, yeah, yeah. Crawford, Todd, any of these guys, mate. So is there any yeah. team that you would particularly like to see or just your thoughts on it? How good's the depth we have? It's exciting. Oh, next, not yeah, just now, but for the next decade, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. It's it's not a bad problem to have, that's for sure. Um, I think obviously the obvious choice is is the Lawrence brothers and, and Mitch um, Evans. I think that's the obvious choice. Um, and I believe that's probably what will be given, you know, any other circumstances. I believe that's what will be the team. But, you know, like you said, you've got guys like Ferris who have had experience over there in, yeah. at those tracks before um, and guys like Beaton that have had experience. Over there. I think that's the biggest thing too when, when we go to 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 mx um the nations is is that just knowing the tracks having experience on those tracks so that's that's hard to do for guys that haven't been over there before so yeah like ferris and uh and todd and 
and um, and beating as well. Like we've got we've got a good selection. You know, if it's not Lawrence's and Evans, you know, it'd be cool. I, I'd say just giving on the result at the moment. You know, you'd, you'd be a you know, Jet four fifty, Hunter two fifty, Ferris four fifty. I believe would be would probably be the one of the next best things. Um, but then you know you can make the argument for like you said, you can put uh, Hunter up to a four fifty, yeah. and then take a guy like Wilson Todd who's had experience over there on two fifty. So I think either way we're going to have a really strong team. Um, and I you know I feel like there's a win coming within the next couple of years for sure. You know because obviously the Lawrences are only getting better. Um, you know, whoever else we have is only getting better. We've got a few young kids over in the States doing really well at Loretta's at the moment. So, you know, they're going to come up and be really good on a 250 in the next, you know, two, three years. So I think we're in a really good spot and it's really exciting because, like, um, you know, I'm not – I unfortunately can't get over this year, but, like, imagine being at the yeah. first year that Australia win, you know. Like, it's going to be – it's going to be crazy. So, yeah, it's cool. It's, it's awesome to see that we've got – the problem of actually having yeah. to pick pick riders and not just sort of go with you know the obvious choices, but um yeah we're in for a good one and and obviously Jet and Hunter have the experience on those tracks, so we're we're pretty set you know anywhere we go really yeah. um so that's handy and yeah it's exciting times for Australian motocross that's for sure absolutely mate and just like say a month ago even Cannon and Kai would show they had the speed that match up with those yeah. fast Euro kids because they're absolutely electric those kids like they're just yep. savage heavy hitters and the conditions you know Kai Woods I did an interview with him and he was running 30 the heat got to him in that second one and yeah Cannon yep. just shone didn't he so there's definitely some really great riders coming through mate want to get your thoughts on the MXGP obviously there's a lot of talk of there being around in South Australia next year mate in your home state have you heard anything yeah. further and uh, how many, you know, out of a percentage, uh, how sure are you it's going to happen? Oh, uh, look, I know the people that own the Ben Motorsport Park where they're saying they're going to do it. Um, and usually the those guys that, that own that facility, usually when they say that they're going to do something, they usually <laughs> do it. They're, they're, pretty, they're pretty heavily into motorsports and they love big weld events um, at their facility. So, uh, look, at the moment, it's probably only like, Oh, I don't know, like maybe a 50% chance that, you know, that it's going to happen. But if it does, I know that they're, they're going to go all out. It's going to be pretty, pretty, pretty epic. So um, that would be, that would be awesome. You know, that would be something that obviously I haven't seen in my lifetime here is, is a, is a, you know, an MXGP right down the road yeah. from me, you know, I might even have to like just enter for the fun of yeah. it. I don't know even, I don't even know if that's possible, but look like, you know, I would yeah. love to love to do that. So um, yeah, so I hope that it does go ahead. You know, it's obviously there's a lot of work to go into it. You know, really, it's not a lot of time. You know, if it's next year, it's not really a lot of time to get a track done and, and all the infrastructure and stuff. And But like I said, the, the Shaheen family who own that facility, um, I know when they say that they're going to do something, they usually do pull it together and do it. So yep. hopefully it happens because that would be, again, that would be awesome for Australian motocross, you know, like just another step in growing the sport here and like we talked about growing the sport i believe that's that's going to be massive too because the amount of people that that's going to bring um to australia and and maybe you know hopefully if i don't know scheduling wise there could be a national around the same time maybe in you know maybe even in sa scheduling wise that these guys could maybe even stay and watch or even promoters or people from the mxgps 
get to experience our series and then that, you know, might spark something and who knows, you know, something like that. So there's definitely cool opportunities there. And um, if it happens, I think it's going to be, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, it'd be a cool one to actually decide on what they do because obviously without the EMX support classes there, there is room to run some races. Yeah. Do you think it would be better to run the Oz series alongside the MXGP or do you think the guys would probably want to, you know, the elite MX1 <laughs> guys probably want to race the MXGP? Go race they, it. So what would you yeah. do? But I guess in, in terms of scheduling, you could just fit it in before or after the Indonesian rounds, which they had yeah. two this year. So there's definitely yep. scope for it, isn't there? Yeah, and, and like you said, we could even just do back-to-back weekends at the same at the same location you know granted that they allow that 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 they get people allow that but you know even that could be cool maybe have you know the two indonesian rounds a weekend off which would be our national event at that circuit and then and then the mxgp guys come in and race it the next weekend so i think on the same weekend you might lose like yes a few guys might obviously be a bit upset with that to lose that opportunity to race those guys um but yeah, maybe a weekend before or a weekend after would be really cool on the same track. Who knows? Yeah, mate, it's exciting. That's for sure. And just a couple more before we let you go, mate. Just your take on the coverage of Australian motocross. Obviously, mm-hmm. guys like Moto Online, Alex, Dylan, Nick, they're doing a great job there. Trend at Moto Limited. There's some good coverage, good places that provide some good content for the fans. I'm trying to do my bit on MX Vice, you know, time yep. permitting and with what we can fit in. But, you know, it's definitely cool to share the stories. And I guess you guys are getting used to doing more media. And I guess Jace doing the gypsy tales he sort of contributes a little bit as well to that even though yeah. you know purely focused on the aussie scene he does a lot of international things but it's all attention it's all media mate so yeah your thoughts on it all and it's definitely been improving in the last little while i guess yeah yeah definitely this year has been like it, it is it keeps getting better every year and this year's definitely been the most um you know outlets of me like that, that we've had you know so you know there's a lot to listen to and you know, even now there's, you know, three or four just solely Australian-based podcasts about Australian motocross, which is awesome. You know, and I think um, that's what we've got to do to to grow it and, and get it out there and, and stuff. And, and I love it. I think it's cool. Like, you know, I could talk about motocross all day, you know. So, so just, you know, hearing everyone's thoughts on, you know, just different people's takes on the same subject is, is cool, you know, because you get ideas, you get you know, different, um, yeah, different takes from different people is really cool. And um, hopefully that sort of, you know, continues to grow and hopefully, you know, the, the nationals, you know, allow more and more photographers and filmers and stuff to, to come to the events and stuff, because there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of guys out there that would, you know, that I know would love filming and, and, you know, taking photos at these, these events. And, um for even if it's for private people you know allowing that would be cool because obviously the more content that gets out there the more that you know that benefits us and and the sport here in australia so yeah it's been awesome i'm um you know i'm just obviously lucky enough to be hooked up with uh with trent now from moto limited and and i've sort of you know it's opened my eyes a little bit to that so the whole sort of media side of it all and there's so much that goes into it you know it's cool to see um you know as a rider and a racer you kind of you, you do take that for granted a little bit the the media side of things yep. you know because you're just so focused on on racing and riding that you don't you know you'll see a, a, a guy out there with a camera and just you won't think you know you won't think of it you know he's got oh yeah cool he's taking photos but now you know i've been on the other side with trent and 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 that whole crew it's like dang like, there's a lot of work that goes into yeah. it you know the guys are out the back in the media tent you know typing in results, putting up stories, you know, you know, editing little clips on the day, you know. So 
there is a lot that goes into it. So I've got I've got mad respect for for you guys and what you guys do. Um, now that I've been on the other side of it, so I'm I'm kind of like, yeah, I appreciate it a lot more now that you know any any photos or media or anything that we get now. I'm like, yeah, that's that's sick because I know there's a lot of work that goes into it. So um, yeah, it's cool to see. I'm stoked that it's going that way. Um, obviously, with socials and everything these days, it's it's the way of the future and um the more the merrier i think yeah well said mate it's interesting you got guys like you know you and dylan wills for example who are racers you know basically being media guys now so it definitely <laughs> gives that unique perspective you can share as well because there's you know you guys are racing at that elite level and there's not too many people that i guess are racers and media people why they're still racing because i yeah. think dylan mm-hmm. probably plans on doing some supercross i imagine so yeah. how do you see do you see yourself even after you finish racing doing some more media stuff as well is that something you'd be interested to keep doing yeah yeah definitely i'd love to like i think dylan's a little more deep into the media side of it than me um he he's doing a really good job i think he was just over over at the gas gas event um over in europe somewhere so you know he's doing really well it's cool to see like guys like that make a a job of it you know give themselves a career after after racing and and not to say he's done with racing because i think he still is done doing supercross so um i would love to yeah honestly i would love to I would love to be part of like the TV crew. Like, you know, I'm, I'm not so much of a writer myself. Like I, I, I'm not, I'm not one to write, but I can talk and, and I enjoy talking about things. So, you know, maybe somewhere along the line being a part of the TV crew or, or doing like trackside stuff would be really cool. Um, you know, I, I grew up with Lee Hogan. Um, he actually coached me for years as a kid. So I grew up with Lee and, and now sort of seeing what Lee does and, and getting to chat to him, like, you know, that I, I enjoy that side of things as well. I've even, you know, commentated some local state titles yeah. here and, and stuff like that. So, you know, who knows, maybe something like that down the line. And, um, you know, you always see like guys like Daniel Blair and, and, and Jason Thomas who, you know, who are making, you know, a career for themselves after racing and, and they're just cool dudes, you know, and they really enjoy it. And they have that, that insight of being a racer. Yeah. And now they're obviously, you know, switched to the media side. So, um yeah who knows we'll, we'll see what happens but i just uh, you know, go with the flow and if it happens it happens if not you know we'll uh we'll just keep riding and have fun i nah, keep doing your thing mate definitely brings another dimension having those insights to the coverage as well but yeah mate just before i let you go just give you a chance to thank some people your sponsors give a shout out yeah. to any fans and just sort of let us know where we can all follow your stuff yeah yeah no worries like uh honestly my instagram uh is probably where i get most of my stuff out um so yeah, just follow me on Instagram. I'm always posting up funny, silly things and having a laugh on there. So, uh, but yeah, as far as you know, all my sponsors. There's so obviously there's so many people that go into it. It's it's hard just to list them off and remember all. But um, OT OTMX Jade's Oats has has been one of my biggest supporters for for years now. You know, obviously a coach with him, um, and have coached with him for years, and he's basically the reason I have all my bikes and gear and, and stuff like that. So, so I couldn't do it without OC. He's, he's, you know, he's like a big bro. And um, so I appreciate his support. Obviously everyone that goes along with OTMX, you know, Yamaha are huge, huge supporters of us. Um, so I also couldn't do it without them. Um, Seven, you know, Serco, everyone that goes along with the whole crew. Um, my trainer, Michael, uh, Michael's, he's an absolute guru. Uh, Michael at Elite Edge Fitness. He's, um, whipped my lazy ass in shape this year. So which has been which has been awesome and started a new gym, <clears throat> Game Ready Performance is is a new gym here in Adelaide. And if you're ever in Adelaide, 
definitely go check it out because it's one of the biggest gyms. Um, probably if you follow along my Instagram, you'll see that you probably all you think I do is probably just play basketball on the basketball court. <laughs> they've got a whole basketball court out there, but it's yeah, it's, it's a sick gym. So those guys are awesome. Um, SK Designs, SKDA have, have honestly have been probably one of my longest <clears throat> supporters and sponsors. Um, I've known Sam, the owner of SKDA, for you know, fifteen plus years, and been on board with him for for ten years since he started, pretty much. And he's always um, he's always helping me massively. I was actually just he's he's on a holiday right now in Bali, and I was talking to him last night last night about installing my seat cover because I had no idea how to do the new YZs. And so you know that's just the, the guy he is. He's on yeah. holidays, but helping me, you know. So just people like that, you know, just awesome people that are supporting me um you know i try my best to give back and um you know my suspension guy banks race development local guy here in sa who's doing really good things um he's always dropping everything to help me out you know us races were always unorganized so you know just doing things last minute um obviously mum and dad my family as much as they hate that i'm still racing they, they still they still support it and uh, every race weekend my mum will she'll give me a buzz and she'll be like what are you doing this weekend i'll be like i'm racing and she'll go uh <laughs> okay you know like she'll give me that sigh and uh but i know they love it i know they support me and everything i do and um same thing i couldn't do it without those guys they're the reason obviously i got started um so it's all their fault that i'm racing basically <laughs> uh and then yeah there's, there's honestly there's so many people i'm just trying to rack my brains now <clears throat> to think about it you know like just everyone i meet and the, everyone that comes up and, and says hello at the races and um you know just grabs a high five or whatever it is it's it's awesome and you know for us guys that are just having fun and and out there just trying to have a good time that makes it even better you know so if you ever at a race or a national and and you, and you see me hanging out come up and say hi i'm always up for a chat and yeah i just love the sport probably as much as the guys there racing so um yeah come and have a chat and find me and um follow the youtube the instagram tiktok um all that good stuff and um yeah see that it's just a good time yeah, mate. So cool. Thanks for taking the time to join us and to share your story in, in a bit more detail than what people, I guess, see on the normal stuff. But obviously, you've shared it a lot on Moto Limited and these other platforms. But yeah, cheers for joining yeah. us at MX Vice, mate. And before we let you go, we'll thank the sponsors in Fly Racing, Monster Energy, Fox, Parts Europe, Scott, Bell Helmets, Acherbys, AS3 Performance, Kawasaki UK, KTM UK, and of course, even Strokes for all their incredible support. As without them, there is no us. All right, mate. All the best for the weekend racing and the next of the rest of the season. And yeah, we look forward to speaking to you soon. Yeah, no worries, mate. Thank you very much for the opportunity. And again, thanks to, to you guys and MX Vice, what you do for the sport. Um, like I said, I appreciate everything you guys do. It's awesome. Keep it up. And uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll see you soon. No worries. Thanks, mate.